You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Great that you're here. Well, of course, you're of here. course it's of course it's great that I'm here. Yoshi. Yeah, because you're this is your place. <laughs> you know what uh, remora fish fishes are? No. Remora. Why don't you educate the audience, Yoshi? Remora fishes are these fish with a big suction on the back of their head. Yeah. And what they do is they'll uh, fish right next to like whale or sharks, uh-huh. and they will attach their head next to the shark. So what happened was. Whenever the sharks will mur- uh, kill something and, and then pieces of food fly out, they will sneak in and get the food, ah. but get stuck on the shark. So it's protected because virtue of living with the shark, hmm. uh, nobody will attack you. And plus, oh. what remora fishes do is o- eat, it will eat all the parasites surrounding the shark. Mm-hmm. So th- it's a oh. symbiotic relationship. Anyway, I, I'm only saying that because I'm, I'm, li- I'm living at a wretched place like this. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm such a fearsome predator. Well, two young kids, you <laughs> are. <laughs> um, Aiko, how, um, I'm glad you're here today. How, yeah. How you been? Good, just work and uh, life. This is test? Or yeah. it's happening? Yeah. I think. Uh, but I like the remote fish. Up to be closer? Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're back, and uh, very exciting uh, news. Rick is leaving for Japan when? Woohoo! <laughs> um, I'm Remember, he's 50 years old, and he did that. <laughs> Fortunately, you didn't have to see it. Uh, I'm leaving on June 15th, and I come back on uh, July 16th. So, first of all, uh, why are you going back to Japan? I'm glad you're going back. And what, why, why are you going back to uh, Japan? And what would you like? What do you want to accomplish? I well, I'm going for an independent study with my college, and uh, so I'll be doing a lot of studying of art and culture and music, and trying to interview a lot of people. So if anyone has anyone that they want to point me to, I'll be looking for galleries. Uh, we're going to take a side trip to Kyoto, where I'm trying to track down um, an experimental filmmaker named Takashi Ito who apparently is a uh, an instructor at a famous art university there and um, yeah I'll, I'll be doing all that and uh, trying to make contacts and see if I can find a job and um, if you want to contact Rick either his Twitter account which is at toastovers.com yeah to, uh, toastover at uh, with my, my Gmail account, yeah, it's uh, toastubber at gmail.com or at, at toastubber on Twitter account, exactly. Yeah, T O E S T U B B R. Or if that's difficult, then you can also email me at dumbyoshi at gmail.com and um, <laughs> we'll help Rick. And so, how, how long has it been since you've been back to Japan? I haven't been there since 2008, so it's been a long time. And would you mind talking what happened the last time you were there? 
Uh, I don't want to get into it. I, I had uh, a problem with uh, customs, but I think uh, the, it all got okay. ironed out. Yeah, I, okay. I was carrying some pornography I shouldn't have been carrying. <laughs> so, um, which which is weird because <laughs> you know, um, with Eiko, uh, we're very lucky to have Eiko again and Tanaka. And would you would you mind explaining what Angel Kosai is? Angel Kosai is when you go out as men, and as a return you get paid. Now, you don't necessarily have to have sex with them. No, right? sometimes like a companionship. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of really weird, goofy, underage stuff. We'll talk more because I think one of the movie that covers that. Yeah. Mm. So we're going to talk two movies today, and um, so we'll we'll talk about those movies, but. Um, Aiko, do you have any sort of recommendation for rec going back to Tokyo? Because that's your home ground. Right? Uh, ramen. <laughs> Ramen's amazing. I never thought of that. It's great. <laughs> I love ramen there. I think it's most important. Uh, okay, yeah. that's number one on the list. Everybody like Akihabara is where they have all that. You already know. Mm. Yeah. That's where, yeah, electronic town. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where all the nerds that Yoshi's going to be talking to soon are would be hanging out if they were in Tokyo. Yes, by the time you, you're hearing this podcast, I just returned from Phoenix for the Phoenix Comic Con, and I have to do two panels on Saturday, June, what is it, what's today, June 4th? So 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. So June 7th, 2014, I've already done two shows there. So, um, yeah. And it's not even insult anymore to call someone nerd. You know, it, <laughs> no, it's no. such a really hip thing. Privilege, yeah, yeah. to be popular attractive people want to be called nerds they've yeah. even stolen that from us <laughs> you have nothing rick i know i'm left except for awful and old <laughs> i'll always have that well i i i hope um i mean you know maybe it's presumptuous for me to say this but i'm 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 looking forward to this because you took initiative to buy Zoom recording equipment, which is good. Uh, as you guys are listening to uh, speak, I'm using it. And he's going to be in Japan, hope, hopefully interviewing people on behalf of my podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there's lots of interesting people. That, the question is, do they want to talk to me? So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about this, and I'll be able to use it for, uh, for my uh, study project as well. Well, I, I, I'm definitely going to tweet to them this uh, probably Monday or Tuesday next week, and and my contact and say if they have a problem having you uh, go and talk to them. So you know, um, I think it'll work out. And uh, I'm hoping that when you send me those episodes, me and I go listen to it. And yeah. once we listen to it, we'll make a. I'll make a quick intro in the beginning. And when you finish with the interview, me and I will talk about what we just listened to, and we'll put it up on. Uh, yeah. My thing. So, all right. Um, today we're going to talk about two movies. One is called Nobody Knows, and the second one is Departures. And um, I, I, um, I see a little connection to both of them. Um, but um, I, I would like to talk Nobody Knows. And um, Rick, you want to do a little bit of intro? What's that movie's about? Uh, well, I guess it depends on how much of a spoiler you want to give it it's uh we we, we don't want to give the dramatic ending of any of the movies yeah but um just to just to we give them a tease it's uh it's uh, directed by uh 
Koreeda, I forget his first name, is a Yoshihiro. Hirokazu. Uh, Hirokazu. Yeah, so, uh, and um, it's a uh, very tragic movie about some kids who are uh, have a kind of uh, a partying mother who you, you you might be led to believe is a is either a prostitute or does compensated dating or basically very neglectful, but also seems to care for them but she's just a very childish uh, mother and she's uh, smug at the beginning of the movie she's smuggling them into an apartment complex where they're only allowed to they're not allowed to have children or they're only allowed to have a certain amount of children and so she's got like four or five kids and she's uh, she's they're, they're helping carry in the youngest one in a suitcase uh, pretending to mm-hmm. to move in and then um Eventually, she ends up uh, not leaving them alone completely, and then the story follows the the kids as they try to make it by themselves. It's very sad. So nobody knows was made in two thousand four by a director like Rick Say, uh, Koreda Hirokazu, and it's based on actual event in nineteen eighty eight, and um, in English it's called Affair of the Four Abandoned Children of Sugamo. Um, I could. You been to Sagamo before? I don't think so. No. Okay, it's 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 not too far from Tokyo. I think it's almost like an outskirt of Tokyo. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the name. It's toward the the west, right? I think so. Yeah. And in Japanese, it's it's called Dare mm. Yeah. Mm. I really love this movie. I like any movie in Japanese. But did did you know this was actually based on the true story? I googled it. In, yeah. 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 Do you remember hearing about it? It was 1988, so. Oh yeah, I was. Um, I don't. I don't remember. But then, like growing up, I remember a lot of like kids was abandoned or mm-hmm. like mom just leave them because. I think, it's like Tokyo is so busy, so nobody really care, mm-hmm. like what other people is doing, and it can easily happen. Yeah. Yeah, the, I I like the way the 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 movie showed that you know there were people who were curious and interested and you know actually affectionate toward the kids but they didn't know or or really care what their kids life was like so that was how they were able to fly under the radar you know but i'm I'm a little um surprised that um you know Aiko, you want to explain what this word means wasa wasa oh like gossip yeah Yeah, rumor right Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like uh, in, Japanese word for neighbors, Kenjo, and I remember every time I come back, like you know, like five, seven, even like ten years later, you know, they're just they're really gossipy and noisy, like where you been, what do you do, and stuff yeah. like that, right? That's yeah. pretty typical in Japan. Yeah. Mm. And for them to see no one say anything, like they haven't seen the mother for a long time, you know, and it, it's strange that um, that happened. Without not getting in too detail. Basically, there was four or five kids abandoned. Each one of those kids have different fathers, and uh, the kids were abandoned for nine months. You know, these are like older was maybe twelve or thirteen, fourteen at most. Youngest is seven year old. So, I don't know how a mother could abandon their kids. I know why fathers would. That seems so common to hear, but that's really like 
she had to be a little crazy, right, for, for a mother to do something like that. I found it interesting, like, she cares so much, like, her kids want to go to school, and, like, you shouldn't go because if people find out you don't have dad, you're going to be bullied. But at yeah. the same time, she can just leave them. So, yeah. like, the, the difference, like, in Japan, if you grow up with only one parent, the people judge you, like, that kind of, like, the society. Yeah. So, like, I remember growing up, I didn't have dad, so then it was secret until my sister made it to high school. Then mm-hmm. after that, it's okay, but like you can't go to good school unless your parents is together. You that think that's of, true still? Yeah, I think so. Like the good good school, you have to yeah. kind of have fake good family. Right. Then like, like a society, yeah, like mm-hmm. they will accept you. Yeah. And it's okay for like, you know, father to have a mistress or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more important to live the certain way you're supposed to live. Yeah. It's it's funny how like if that movie had been made in the U.S., it would all have been about how the the mother is evil and and you know how what a terrible person she is and everything. But or like I, Mexicans. Yeah, I, I like the way that in in uh, they uh, the the story is more about the kids and and also it's like you kind of like Yoshi said you kind of see that she's crazy, so it's not. You know, it's not her fault. She's crazy. You know, it's just that uh, it, it, it's more about the the social framework of how how this kind of thing could happen. You know, it's not about demonizing her as much, even though she's pretty hateable. Uh, it's more, um, you know, it's just it's it's weird. You see a lot of people who have good intentions, but mm-hmm. just really 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 fucked up things happen in, in it was spite a little, of it it was a little hard for me to watch because that's what my mom used to do from a second grade I don't know maybe a year and a half yeah. she would leave like 5 or 6 p.m. and it was pretty much myself and my younger brother I don't yeah. know how old my brother was I was second grade my brother was maybe in preschool oh. and it, it was just very strange at that point you know my parents separated I mean one day my uh, mom said we're leaving like she gathered all our stuff we got a taxi driver put mm-hmm. all our shit and we just left and um uh we were trying to figure out where we we're gonna go my mom got out of taxi figure out where the address and the taxi driver turned around um and looked at me and like oh you have your parents having problem and he put his hands out and he does this to me oh put it out his pinky yeah, you know what? Uh, you want to explain what pinky means when the it Japanese show? It means like joke? a yakusoku, like promise. No, but it also means like a fair. Oh. Uh, like. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. You didn't know that? No, no, I knew that, but then that's crazy. It happened to you, because yeah, that means like yeah. Yeah, he w- he he did that in front of to a child. To a child. Yeah. Wait, you were in shogaku, elementary school. Second grade, yeah. Oh my he was just laughing. He was just a real crude taxi driver. When my mom got out of the taxi, he talked to me. My brother was too young to know. I, I knew my gut feeling with this was bad, but so we moved into this apartment complex, and for a year and a half, two, almost two years, I didn't see my, I see my dad periodically, but yeah. my mom would only meet up with my dad someplace far, and like he wasn't able to figure out. And wow. um, yeah, she, she would live five o'clock at night. It was just me and my brother during the weekdays. And, um, and she, she, she did, was working in a bar? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't imagine you're doing something like that over here. Um, that's how we live. It's uh, one of many other crazy ways they're 
brought us up and sometimes my relative want to know why I don't get along with them but <laughs> I don't know maybe think about what happened you know mm-hmm. um, so there's four kids the oldest son's name is Akira and his name is Yuya Yagira mm-hmm. yeah and um, interesting trivia in 2004, this film uh, premiere at Cannes Film Festival, he won the Best Actor Award, the first time the Japanese has ever won at Cannes Film Festival. Wow. And he was a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. He was good. <laughs> he was so amazing. Good. Yeah. In 2008, he OD'd. Oh, no. Um, he recovered, and they couldn't figure out it was on, on purpose for suicide or not, wow. but um, basically he said he was very upset with his family arguing. And he took a little too many, I don't know what kind of medication he took, but he OD, but he's okay now. And I uh, can see it, because when he's acting, his eyes, like, he's really going through, like, pain. Like, it was painful. Yeah, he's really, really, really good. And yeah. I think out of all the kids, uh, out of all of them, he seems to have the one with the most uh, career success, you know. Mm. And uh, so he's he's the main uh, protagonist. He's... Uh, second oldest of uh, oldest sisters, Kyoko. Sigur is the youngest son, uh, youngest boy, and Yuki is the youngest uh, sister. And I guess apartments are only allowed to have maybe one child per apartment, maybe two. Mm-hmm. So like Rick was saying, they sneaked them in. Yeah. So the rest of the kids had to hide like Anne Frank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have yeah. to be quiet. You know, they're told not to get on the balcony and things like that. And I, I, I think this is abuse in so many different levels because mm-hmm. even the oldest daughter want to go to school and learn to play piano, she's not allowed to. Yeah. And I think it's the worst kind of parents when kids are asking, they want to go to school and learn, and, and mother, parents are saying, why do you need that? I, yeah. think, I think those are just the worst kind of parent mm-hmm. yeah. because they can't see beyond their immediate needs what their kids need, you know? Yeah. And um, um, it's, it, it, it's um, yeah, it's, very very uh, tough to watch and the mother's yeah. play a character named you y-o-u mm. and uh, how would you explain her uh, she's like a almost comic com- a comedy actress so she does a lot of like talk show and mm. you know. from a show called for the downtown right the comedy yeah i love downtown. i love downtown and uh yeah she was always on it like i remember somebody interview her and like how do you stay so skinny and then she said i have like 24 7 diarrhea like a bowel <laughs> condition, you know, like how funny is that? Because like, in Japan, women don't really talk about that kind of stuff on TV. So I was like, oh, she's really relatable. Yeah. And she, I think she started as a singer. Yeah, like idol. Almost. Yeah. And uh, downtown, for those of you who don't know, they are the biggest comedy duo in Japan. I mean, they produce and write so many different books, and they produce movies as well. Do you like them? I like you're them. From, yeah, you from the. Kansai. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you remember? I mean, I always get their names confused, the downtown. Uh, Matsu, Matsumoto? Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Haneda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hamada. 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 So they're comedy duos. And he hit everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny watching uh, Haneda, right? Yeah. I See, for me, it, it, I've been away in Japan so long that when I see stuff, that was so common in Japan, I forgot they were so common. <laughs> like, he would hit women on shows, right? Yeah, or like a big people, like like Jay Leno kind of level people, and he would just mm-hmm. smack their head. It's so funny to me. But he hit this one girl. She tried not to cry, but she started crying, and then like it made me really uncomfortable. I forgot, mm-hmm. like, 
and he started making this kind of funny uncomfortable face because it was kind of funny the way he did it but it's it's just shocking what's considered appropriate in entertainment japan but yeah he had women <laughs> and nobody think tw to twice about you know how inappropriate it is but not just women but celebrity women yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the mother who played by literally her name is y-o-u-u um, she was kind of, she's still kind of famous because she used to be in one of the panel for the downtown's comedy show. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So it's a very good cast, and um, it um, basically it, it's a story about these kids fending for themselves, and very similar to, to one of my favorite comedy shows on Showtime right now, uh, Shameless, where these kids are abandoned by William H Macy's uh, character, the father and mother. Uh -huh. and they're kind of fending themselves but um they're they're there's more in number and they're able to um take care of themselves you know but um yeah um i we don't want to tell you exactly what happened at the end uh something it's bad but it's even worse in the actual case in 1988 mm -hmm. and um I, I we highly recommend people watch the movie and um yeah the the director uh i seen one other movie he did back in the 90s called um uh well, what's it called well, he did a movie called air doll which i haven't seen but he also did uh afterlife which mm. is kind of a uh fa fantasy realism kind of movie um uh, about uh it's about like a kind of a, a way station after people die they go to this like kind of bureaucratic place where they're supposed to reenact their uh their their lives uh it's 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 pretty good it's but it's not at all um it's not at all like uh nobody knows it, it, it's it, you know the director Correa made a movie it's it's not sentimental at all it's it's very yeah. um stoic and um I, I think what he wanted was after people watch in this movie, they want to take something away from it, you know. Yeah. It, it can be very hard to watch. And it took a little over a year to make this movie. He made sure he gained the trust from all four kids. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and he wanted the kids to interact with each other so they get to know each other better. And the apartment that they used to film the movie, they rent that place for a whole year. And when they were not filming, they let the assistant film uh, people to stay there for the year. year. Uh -huh. and, um, well, those assistants were really big, really slobs, I gotta say. Yes. Um, <laughs> they needed to clean up the place a little. I mean, you could, if you just imagine the four kids with that little or no money had to fend themselves and how uh, they had to live, and um, I think they did a really good job presenting the apartment the way it looked. It's a, it's a great movie. I really recommend it. Um, did you hear stars? I mean, you never... Did you remember any kids being neglected? Maybe not that bad, but you must knew some of the kids were living kind of weird. I, yeah, or like sometimes you go to school, there's always like one kid. It looks really wild, like the hair is not cut or like something's happening at home. But we just, in Japan, we, we like to like, uh, how do you say, like mushy, like not to care what other people's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I don't really understand the dynamic. Yoshi was saying how everyone's nosy and gossipy, but on the other hand, there's a sort of a 
don't get involved mm -hmm. attitude too. So I, I don't really know where the line is drawn. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and then we call them name. Like I remember there was a boy, and his like nail was always long and never cut it. His hair was like long, and then like we just call him like Okami, like wolf. Mm -hmm. And then we are like always making fun of him. <laughs> it never occurred to any of you guys like maybe talk to the kid or help him. No, because it was funny for us to watch him. Like, yeah, and you see, you see a little bit of that in a movie. Yeah. Because Akira, the main character, befriend this girl who's attending high school, but she's getting picked on from other kids. Yeah. So she's isolated. In fact, there's a scene. It's not giving away anything, but there's a scene where she stopped going to school because she got tired of getting picked up. Uh, and they were doing some really mean thing to mm -hmm. her. And I could relate because I was in the whole Ijime thing that we talked before where- You was bullied before? Oh yeah. Um, but you're so tall. Why would people, people pick on you? Because because I am because I am tall, I stick out. I don't look mm. like the regular most of the group. But for those of you who don't know, Ijime is a Japanese word for, it's a really, systematic attack of one particular kid by everyone both physically and emotionally and trying to isolate that kid because that particular kid just happened to be different from other kids or on so um how do you say this in japanese i keep forgetting nail the stick out must be hammered in yeah so anyone who sticks out japanese society feel they have obligation to make that person fit in with everyone but they don't do it in a very kind, intelligent yeah. way. They do it a really mean way, and uh, which leads to suicide among young kids. Um, I guess fortunately for me, and unfortunately for people who did it, in my case, because I would cry to home every day, gets beat up. There's like You did? Uh, there's like four or six kids who always beating me up every day. I don't day. think you can ever cry. I was crying because <laughs> it, it was every day. I was like oh. first or second grade. And I lived in a bad neighborhood, so this one Yakuza guy got tired of uh, me crying every day, so he said, I, unless you do something or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, needless to say, within a couple of days, um, I figured out how to deal with it. He told me to put metal pieces in umbrella and make it really heavy and, and uh, like a weapon. Mm. And when I was coming home one day, again, I'm getting chased, and he always told me to pick the one kid and just hit the one kid only because you can't beat up five or six kids mm -hmm. impossible but if you beat one kid bad enough it makes the rest of them think twice now good advice yeah, yeah. it was because when i beat him up he had to go to hospital and that was the end of that when you said oh. unfortunately i thought you were going to say unfortunately you weren't driven to suicide <laughs> <laughs> but after that you never got beaten up Anything like that in Japan? Yeah. No, because I knew that oh, you, you have to hurt one. That's all it takes. Even if you beat up. It's the law of the jungle, isn't it? The lions, the predators, they will never attack the most healthy and strongest animal. They always want to attack the weak one. Oh. So, um, this is unrelated, but I think some people always, some of my even close friends always wonder, like, what, what's my thing with revenge? Because I'm a big believer in it. Yeah. It's it's not it's not because it's um, even somebody do something to my family where even if even if they kill someone, uh, the Christian or Westerner would say that doesn't bring that person back. I'm not trying to bring back, obviously, 
But when you retaliate, it sends a message to those people that there's a cause for you to do something like that mm. and send a message to everyone else that yeah. you shouldn't be doing that sort of things. So um, maybe it's not a practical thing, but it worked for me. Yeah. Um, I, um, especially for my, you know, I talked about this before with my stepmother. I sent a message to her and her sister because they have a history of doing stuff like that. Um. It, I think it made them think like, next time when they remarried and trying to rip off somebody's family into pulling that same shit again, I think it might think them twice, like, maybe there are people who might not tolerate that sort of things, you know? Yeah. So, um, you gotta fight back. I was bullied a lot, and then, so I just removed my appendix. I was in elementary school, and I told my mom, I'm sick, and then they took me to the hospital. Then, I forgot what was my, like, symptoms. I say, it was hurting right. <laughs> my mom was like, it was hurting left before, and I was like, oh, shit. And then the doctor was like, that's a symptom of appendix. Uh. So they cut it out. I thought you were going to say you took out your appendix and beat them with it. No, they, they, I have no appendix. <laughs> but then, then after I went to school, I become like a hero because, oh, she, you survived this disease. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then people stopped beating me up. I was bullied a lot. Why do you think you were getting picked on? I thought the reason why was because I was the shortest. So then it's shocking to me that tall people get bullied. Mm. I, because I, I stick out and, you know, my mom is ethnically Korean, so she did things about me so a little different like what like did you did you have different lunch from other people yeah that's one of the problems <laughs> mm. they say I smell bad because I eat kimchi in the morning so, <laughs> so I always I already I stick out I look so much taller than everyone mm -hmm. you know in Japan assembly yeah so you put the shortest kid in front tallest kid in back right yeah yeah, yeah 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 I'm always in the back way back Oh. The kids in the front didn't like me because they're the chibi midget. Yeah, that's so they my have to, they have to sit in front. So I literally stick out. <laughs> I smell different, and 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 I think a little differently because my mother thinks a little differently, right? Oh. And um, Ch they they call midgets chibi. Yeah. That's funny that the. Uh, well, it's more shorty. Oh, okay, but like dwarfs in in Western culture are trying to be called little people. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Japanese are calling it as a slur. TV. <laughs> it's funny it's the little people in Japan because all, we're all little people compared yeah, to the rest of the world. That was extremely little, so I drank a lot of milk because I heard milk's gonna make me taller, mm. and it didn't happen. No, it just gave me explosive diarrhea. <laughs> it did. It did. Like you. <laughs> so going back to the movie, so um, he befriended this girl. She's getting picked on. And there's a cruel scene where a group of girls are laughing at something on the floor. And as uh, soon as that uh, Akira's new friend, she showed up, all the girls run away because they don't want to be hanging out with her. Mm -hmm. It's basically, it's a funeral scene. Like they're saying that she died and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, they're very, very cruel to her. Oh, yeah. Do you remember in the school, we, if we don't like somebody, they'll put the flower on the desk because that means death. Oh. So then they show up and like has like a flower like yeah. you're wow. dead. I don't I don't know, you know, because whenever people think of Japan like how nice they are, how polite they are, yeah, and things like that. Yeah. I got to remind them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think your existence reminds them. <laughs> I got I, I, I got to remind them it's it's very similar to you know, right now, you know, I'm obsessed with anything TV, TV business, right? So, 
whenever these shows come from BBC from Britain, they're saying they're amazing show. England's amazing. I gotta remind them, you're seeing the best work from Britain. If you go to Britain, there's plenty of a dumb, stupid shows. True. So when you meet True. Japanese and if you met a nice one, yeah. chances are those are the good ones that actually made an effort to come here. Mm -hmm. If you go to Japan, you'll meet plenty of worthless idiots. <laughs> <in Japan. laughs> <laughs> People think Asians are smart. There's a plenty of dumb ones yeah. in Asia. Yeah. Billions of idiots throughout Asia. Yeah, it's true. So that's the one stereotype I want to break. There are a lot of dumb, you're doing, horrible, you're, you're doing horrible, a really good job of breaking horrible, that stereotype. Horrible, horrible human beings. <laughs> <laughs> but these cruel, mean things, like, I just never liked it. So um, it's never been practical for me. I've always, I, I've always, I know I always say some horrible stuff, but I've always done things like not in my benefit. I remember kids getting picked on in high school in Toronto. Yeah. I'll go again middle of it, like stop picking it. Like I was in cross country and they were trying to put this Mexican kid's head in my toilet. I said like fucking, what the fuck are you doing that for? You know, like I, they said I'm not fun or whatever, but no, I'm not into that shit at all. Cause Wait, I what were they doing? Because he was like a new kid in the team, so they're going to try to make them do something that they don't want to do. Oh. So they tried to grab and try to put his head in the toilet. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing that for? So oh. I, I always stop that kind of stuff. I'm not like a good guy or whatever, but I just didn't like this three on one, four on one. What is this? Mm -hmm. Only time that's okay is my game, game porn game porn in a uh, fucking porn or whatever but other than that <laughs> this the, the uh, yeah if it's rockers or freddy you don't have a problem with no it. so i i didn't like that and um they were having the akira and her sibling had a money problem so she was kind enough to call in and some old guy showed up she and the old guy went some karaoke singing for money and that really freaked him out. So he didn't want to take the money, right? Mm. But do you want to explain like how common that is where young girls are hanging out with older businessmen whatnot? I used to do that like in uh, elementary school. So we, we have something called dial Q2 something. And then you call in and they're waiting for you to act very sexual and you meet up. Mm. So we are all in elementary school and then like we'll be like, Okay, come meet us at the station and then make sure you bring newspaper, wear like red shirt, and then guy would show up mm -hmm. and then we just laugh at him and like, go oh, look at this pervert and you run away. But we are like soup like a kid mm -hmm. doing that. Also, but you didn't actually No. Okay. But then we just so wanted it was more, very it was... interesting for us because like information's everywhere. Like people yeah. are passing out like tissues with number on it. Yeah. So and but that was more for her. Well, you need tissues after you masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, it's common in Japan because it's very important for us to have nice thing, nice purse, nice shoes, yeah. like a brand name. How old were you? Uh, we are in elementary school, so like so it, but nine, it's, it's ten. It's mainly for high school girls, right? That's like... Uh, high school, yeah, I think they start doing it in high school, yeah. yeah. But you... I just got a hold of the number and did we it. We are like, yeah, like five kids yeah, calling. We didn't even know what is. You were like crank it. calling the birds. Yeah. Like you make your voice uh, lower. Yeah, lower and then trying to sound sexy. <laughs> and like, hey, like, let's meet. And well, say, say in Japanese right now. I want to hear what it sounds like. Oh, like, okay. So we pick it up. Like, もしもし, もしもし今何してるんですか? guys like, oh, yeah, like. So, yeah, we know the 
で。Okay, now translate the whole thing you just said. So it's like,、uh, like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, nothing. And like, so then like, let's meet up at like, Ueno Station. And he's like, okay, sounds good. And he's like, make sure you bring like, umbrella and then like a newspaper and wear like, red shirt. He's like, okay, I'll see you. So then he will wear the same shit. And then we were like looking at him, like, oh, look at this pervert. Like, he's. We didn't even know what sex is, but it was like so interesting for us.、Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the guy would pick up, and, like, and then like, I'm like, moshi moshi. And he's like, oh, like, you sound too young. I'm like, no, like, I'm like in high school. And then like, no, too young. And I hung up. But sometimes, like, like, oh, you sound too young. I'm like, no, like, we're in high school. And then like, he's like, That's fine. Like, they like more like a kids, maybe. So, like,、um, pedophile.、Mm. How many times did you talk to your dad? My dad? <laughs> my dad once a month. <laughs> I think he, he was into Chinese women. So, you know. But he liked younger, younger women. Well, who doesn't like younger women, though?、It's、well,、true. the key word is women, I think. But, but then in Japan, like, <laughs> There was a moment I remember we were in elementary school, and then men would know, but they'll still talk to us, knowing that like kids are doing it.、Mm-hmm. It's a big turn on. And、um, how old is pre pubescent ages? What, what, what are we talking here? Well, puberty is like gen- around 13, I guess, 12 or 13. Right. So、uh, that would be anything under 12 would be pre pubescent. I. I I know this is something that people don't want to hear, but if you. if Did you know that、um, we have about 5% of the world's population in the USA, but we spend almost 40% of marketing of、uh, ads and things like that for the whole world?、Mm. So when you put body image, what's considered beautiful and things like that, it affects the rest of the world because they look at US media and things like that.、Yeah. And, You know, if you go to Japan, billboards, you see a lot of young, beautiful、mm. people all over the place,、mm. right? Particularly, like, you see a lot of, like, fair, young, white women. Yeah. Right? Like,、yeah. you're talking, like, even, like, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old girls.、Mm. And people don't want to talk about it, I don't think. But, but girls from that age until, like,、uh, mid to late, mid teen. That's like their peak of like, their beauty, whether people want to admit or not.、Mm-hmm. You know, they really are beautiful.、Mm-hmm. And I,、um, I find that so interesting that Japanese are m- most honest about that sort of things. You know, like naturally, you find them very attractive.、Mm-hmm. Because can you imagine doing that kind of stuff over here? Like, there's a number where you talk to 13 year old girls and say, hey, just show up.、Uh, <laughs> You know, grow theater at 3 p.m. Yeah. And then、uh, I'll, I'll be wearing、uh, Jerry Sandusky Penn State t shirt on. I'll <laughs> have <laughs>、uh, my friend Chris Hansen with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think anyone in Japan said that's a good thing, but it happens so often. Like, it's, it's, it's not going to make a big news, right? No. At all? No. And you see these guys going to karaoke with like 13, 14 year girls.、Yeah. Would a karaoke facility stop that people from renting the place with、nope. 13, 14? No. Yeah, so how do you, do you, do you, are you, do you think this is like, you think that's okay or normal or is it weird that we have a, such a hang up over here or what do you think? I, I didn't know it was bad until I come here. Yeah. Like, oh, like kids are protected over here, but back home it's not really. You have to be smart about it, or like you have, you have to be into it. Yeah. 
because consenting age for Japan was very young. They changed it, but at one point it was like 12 or 13 mm. until international community complained. In fact, um, did you know this? I think yesterday or today is officially they made it in Japan. It's illegal to have child porn now. Now, position child porn is illegal now. It wasn't before? No. Um, producing and selling, I guess it might get you in trouble, but actually having them is not illegal at all. So basically it only applies to bunch of shit that was made in the 80s probably I mean that because there really isn't any commercial child porn being made anymore they've been made not it's not commercial yeah but they've been made yeah yeah but I mean I, I, I always I never actually seen it but I've always heard that most of it was like Dutch and you know, like there was a lot of stuff out of Europe from in the 70s and 80s but they were like 16 or 17 and uh, I think there was also real, real kitty porn going on. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what would happen is these guys would it would just get recycled over and over and over again because after all these laws against producing it, the uh, the market kind of dried up. If you want to make those things illegal, making calling it kitty porn doesn't help because kitty sounds cute. You know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It sounds really cute. It doesn't sound hor- horrendous, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I I guess uh, anything else about this movie? I mean, I highly recommend it. It's, it's gut-wrenching, and uh, it has a, like, um, you know, sad ending, but yeah. um, it's it's um, it's a great movie. I think you should watch it, and, and, and to see that something like this can happen to a at that time, second most richest economy in the whole world. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that no social service. And I think if I remember, only one of the kids, Akira, the oldest son, was registered, but I don't think the rest of the kids are registered by the state. Yeah. So wow. virtually that kid didn't, those three kids didn't even exist in the system. It's a, it's a really amazing movie because it, it uh, it's like those kids are, are, are looking for all the, you know, the holes to hide in, in the yeah. society. And it's it, the movie. Every part of the movie shows you these like the the holes, you know, the 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 places where civil society doesn't exist or breaks down completely. You know, it's 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 really really well done. And I guess Coriada uh, wrote the script as well. Uh, I was really impressed. Yeah, basically, when you hear her about the abandoned news in 1988, that that, that really intrigued him. So he made this movie, but. Um, it's shot so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. each scene is really pretty, and I think anybody can relate to it. Cause like feeling abandonment. Yeah. And I love Apollo chocolate. The chocolate, the <laughs> strawberry one. It's my favorite. <laughs> oh, did did you know the um, um, Kyoko, the 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 the, the oldest girl, that the girl who played that character. She liked some other candy, some other flavored strawberry. Oh. The one that she's eating in the movie, she liked that. Yeah. So the director was kind enough to change it throughout the um, script to change it. Oh. And the little girl smiled when he did that for her. Yeah. And um, it was that kind of like accommodating to the kids. Yeah. That um, um, he made it really fun for the kids. And he didn't want any of those kids as professional actors because he, he wanted to be more, very natural. And quite often he would be filming without letting the kids know because he wanted to see the kids really the way they really uh, play around and act, you know. And, uh, and they do, he does a really good job of, of 
uh, it's you know even though the story is is horrible, it's not like the kids don't have fun in the movie. You know, there's times when they're having fun, they're being kids. You know, it's 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 really naturalistic the whole thing, uh, and I I think it's really thought provoking. Like every scene, um, I, I just blanked out. It's really good. Watch it. And and it's it's really touching that the Akira oldest one become like a surrogate father to them, and how much he care about the uh, siblings. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a heartbreaker to see that someone that young have to be put in a position to take care of the rest of the family. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but it's 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 great, and um, quite often U.S. audience have to have a very sweet sentimental ending to a movie, and I like that this is something that people in overseas don't do that. They, they present like piece of real life and doesn't make this director did not make compromises it, 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 it was a tough one to watch yeah. and um, you kind of knew like I kind of knew like halfway through like I just can't see how a good happy ending for this you know <laughs> yeah and um, I highly recommend watching it and we all do and uh, hopefully you guys watch uh, nobody knows uh, yeah. or that and mm. uh, I enjoyed it and let us know um, by Twig, if you guys watch and like it. Um, so, second one, this is a little bit more uplifting movie that I like to talk to you guys. <laughs> uplifting? Name of the movie is Departures, and Michael, you want to explain this movie? Because I think... I think it's too hard for me to explain because, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, What's the name of the procedure, the encoffining procedure that the movie's based around? Well, 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 well okay. let, let's yeah. Rick just give a uh, basic gist, and like once he he explain it, maybe you chime in the stuff that you want to tell. Uh, it's about a a young man who's uh, newly newly wed, who's a cello player, who uh, is becomes a member of an orchestra, which is quickly disbanded due, due to a lack of interest. In his the character's public. name is Daigo Kobayashi. And Kobayashi moves back to his hometown with his wife uh, to uh, his uh, parents' old place. And uh, when he was very young, his dad uh, abandoned the family. So he's got a lot of uh, issues about that. And while he's there, he stumbles into this job where... uh, Accidentally, right? Accidentally, where um, they are like funeral directors i guess mm-hmm. uh it's a it's a uh, according to yoshi it's it's something that's done in the uh mo- mostly in the rural type of areas uh in the english word they use in the movie is encoffining but i don't know uh, what's the what's the japanese word is it nokan 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 mm. uh, yeah the company he works for is nk agency for nokan and uh uh, it's a very, very um, intimate, respectful way of preparing the body for uh, incineration. So it, it, it's 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 a in- interesting because both movies have abandoned issue. Yeah. Both of them. I didn't really thought about it until a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and um, it it was very funny because even when I heard about the movie Departures, um, and just like the main character, which is. Um, the main character's name is Daigo Kobayashi once again, but his name is Masahiro Motoki. Oh. Or Motoki Masahiro. Oh. And his wife, Mika, and uh, Mika's real name is Ryoko Hirosu. 
so. <laughs> I made a mistake. Why? I thought that was a movie. Is what is it called?
And I was like, oh my god, it's terrible. But then I can't stop looking at it. Was he a really tall guy of Korean descent? No, but it's like I remember it was like something very I'm only dark. thinking at the only all boys school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was shocking. Or like intentionally, like there is like a porn magazine cut it up mm. by the school. So like for us to see. Mm. So it's very like exposed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you... That's, that's really interesting. You know, my problem is I left when I was third or fourth grade. Yeah. So I don't remember seeing a whole lot of it. I do remember there's a lot of nudity in TV. Yeah. Uh, breast, nothing in like a lower part. Yeah. But, um, that kind of stuff was widely available. And I don't think Japanese definitely do not have hang up about pornography and sex, obviously. Yeah. Like when I, I remember in my early 20s when my cousin took me this uh, red line district in Osaka that shocked me that, that they even have one mm-hmm. it's basically in this couple blocks of neighborhood where you drive across and every whole home their doors open mm. yeah. and there's a girl inside sitting on the floor in a um, kimono outfit really yeah it's with, not- with a mama like there's like it's the whole situation usually one girl in sitting on the floor and then there's a uh one who's supposed to be the mother or the mama son or whatever uh, i didn't see those people oh because i there's like a, a very famous i wish i could remember the name of it a very famous street i'm, I'm like not that situation. I'm, I'm not i'm not saying they don't have one mm. but mm. i think the reason why you don't see them because you don't want to put some old lady mm. you want to see attractive girl that's it you mm. know mm. i when when i went down there I was, it was told to me that it's very very old it's like it's it's at least uh a century and a half old this whole uh, little street and there's no traffic there's no car traffic on it you just walk down the street so i don't, I don't know if it's the one that you were, were on i don't remember if we yeah. drove now now that we think about it i thought yeah. we did but um i did see people go in they they talked to the girl quickly and they went upstairs together mm-hmm. but um yeah it's it's they don't have stigma the way we have it over here and yeah, I didn't really know it was like the taboo, like for like somebody to be naked, whatever. And then here it seems like very open, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. I don't know uh, if it's gonna. You think it's gonna get worse because of the Olympics and all that? <laughs> In Japan? You know, yeah, just because they they usually. Uh, I, f- I find that. Uh, oh. For, for sure, because I do, I make business following the sex business in Japan. Yeah. You already hear the tremor of change that um, they want to get rid of it. Whenever there's international attention, like uh, country, World Cup. Co- countries try to, um. you know, suppress the sex-related businesses. Yeah. I have news for you. Every country has it. Yeah. I even found hookers in Afghanistan for God's sake. <laughs> you know, and, and this is something that we recognize. We have a, such a big grief in against people who are against sex work because they might have a good intention but they're politically motivated they're hurting the very people they're trying to help which is these vulnerable women and i think if you don't legalize prostitution you're basically putting these women against two sides the cops always problem and the pimp and the violent customers yeah if you make it legalized then these women have a places to go and get help the police Mm -hmm but um, they're not going to do it. And I did, what is it, 2020 is the Tokyo Olympics? So there's already a tremor of the changes to come. They want to start getting rid of that. They want to clean up the image of Japan, on and on. 
and they are even doing that Brazil right now because World Cup is coming up in a week or so, week and a half, two weeks, and then uh, Summer Olympics in two years. But um, complete disrespect for sex workers. They should be respected and give uh, dignity that they deserve. And um, these people who make cottage industry by fear-mongering about trafficking and things like that. Does I, it happen? Of course, some of that happened. Mm -hmm. I don't want to de derail the discussion, but did you, did, did you see anything about the Somali mom? Thing in Thailand uh, that uh, f uh, famous uh, anti-trafficking icon that Nicholas Kristof from the New York Times has been propping up forever. Yeah, it's and, all lies. And it, 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 finally, the lies came out. Like the people have been talking about her uh, her questionable uh, background and the the crap she says, and also the fact that she's funneling these w girls that are supposedly being rescued from sex work yeah. in, into the uh, into the sweatshops into like the garment industry so it, it, it's it's the scummiest thing in the world they're they're claiming to be anti-trafficking but basically also they're, they, they're, they're putting them in the factory yeah they're instead. actually they're profiting from slave labor because yeah. they they're getting the cops to totally brutally raid these places Take, round up all the women and then throw them into these concentration camps. Yes. Oh my God, terrible. They they claim they don't they're not into coercing women to do stuff that they don't want to do. But yeah. what they would do is they would take these sex workers, force them to go to church and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They're okay with the force as long as they're doing it because yeah. they mm -hmm. God knows they know what's good for everyone. <laughs> um, I you know we talk about Jake Addison. I have a lot of respect for him, but uh, him and uh, Nick Kristoff, I think they're very misguided. They just don't understand nature of sex work, mm -hmm. and uh, they're hurting. Once again, they're really hurting the women they claim they're trying to help. And uh, sex work, it's here to stay. It just how it's all about harm reduction, you know, and yeah. illegalizing and uh, trying to, you know, for them to try to help those people question is are you actually doing more good or more bad and I think they're doing more bad yeah I totally agree um, we'll talk more about that because Rick and I uh, love that subject matter but going back to the movie that only Rick and I saw <laughs> <laughs> funny things you don't take drugs either so that is amazing <laughs> she just wanted to watch a Matt Damon movie he's <laughs> very dreamy so I don't even find him attractive um, so it's, it's called Departures, or, or as in Japanese, Okulibito. Yeah. And it was very, very fun. Did we talk about this? The, the, the main character, um, Daigo, he moved, he, because he, he's no longer a musician, moved back to his hometown, looked for work, and there's a job for departure. He really thought it was a travel agency. Ah, oh, he made a mistake too. Well, you get yeah. the impression that the, uh, that the owner of the company left it deliberately ambiguous so that he could oh. kind of trick people because he couldn't get anyone else to he couldn't he was trying to find he couldn't get anyone to hire for the job so because it's, there's such a stigma about it yes in, in america i don't think people make a big deal if you're working in a funeral business but in yeah. japan there's a huge stigma even to this day mm. Mm. it's a culturally sensitive issue and mainly because for most part japanese tend to be buddhist and touching a dead body is forbidden, it's unclean. There's a huge stigma in Japan. So mm -hmm. naturally, the character who um, kind of had to convince people um, to work with him wrote an ad very in a vague way. 
And interesting enough, we, we covered the movie Tampopo, uh, yeah. Mr. Yamazaki's back, Tsutomu Yamazaki from Tampopo. Yeah. And also, I didn't even recognize him until Yoshi. I was like, I know that who that old guy is, and he was like, he's the guy from Tampopo. Yeah, I mean, granted, you know, Tampopo. This this is like maybe twenty or twenty five years after making yeah. Tampopo. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of it was fun to see him. So, um, Sasaki, who is played by uh, Mr. Yamazaki, he's almost kind of like the Jedi Master of funeral business. <laughs> <laughs> he become mentor to this. Uh, 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 Daigo's character, huh. and he become almost like a surrogate father to him, and um, uh, it's, it's a very touching movie. And wh wh how would you explain to people, uh, Aiko, like the stigma in that business, like uh, funeral business in Japan? I don't know. I don't know anybody who work at the funeral place. But if you watch the movie, they're, they're, it, it, uh, his wife eventually find out she her husband worked at funeral business. Mm -hmm. She's very distraught, very oh. upset, and I, I beg him to quit working there. He mm. refused. She leaves and go back to her parents in Tokyo. Wow. There's also, uh, you know, a, quite a few scenes where they uh, show up to, you know, the, the survivors, the, the family of the, the dead, and uh, they're treated poorly at the beginning because people think of them as, uh, you know, they, they think of them as dirty people who, who traffic in, in, in death, yeah. you know? And then, uh, uh, of course, once they see the, uh, the procedure, the, uh, uh, was it Nokan? No Nokan. Nokan. And, and, uh, and, and the person who practiced that is called Nokanji. Yeah. Uh, which is? Gokan is rape. Ah, yeah. that's good to know. I'll have to write that down. Then that makes me <laughs> <laughs> Um But once the, the, the family sees the procedure, of course, they're all won over and uh, understand that it's calm and respectful and, and uh, worthwhile and a uh, very humanistic thing. I, I thought the movie was very... Um, I, I like uh, parts of it, but it's very manipulative. It's very sentimental, overly sentimental for me. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more yeah. about it, but the guy who wrote a book, uh, Kaufman, I think that's what it's called, mm. um, the director and the author of the book, they definitely clashed because they didn't, they didn't agree on how the movie should have made and how the movie should have ended. And I think you're more, you probably like the book better according mm. to what the author was saying. But the, uh, the director wanted there to be more uh, molesters in trains in the movie. Because, yeah, yeah the, once again, yeah, because he made those pink films. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 um, I find it really interesting because when my grandparents died, uh, they died relatively within a few months of each other, maybe even less oh. than a month, and in the way they prepare the dead in this uh, in, in the west versus in asia it's very different I, I find it peculiar because um in the west you will you it's more about making people who survive comfortable you know mm -hmm. like you put the person coffee you don't necessarily see the face you know well the whole procedure is done totally behind closed doors it's like mm -hmm. it, the taboo here is to to you, you don't want to see the mortician or the uh 
the funeral process until the person is propped up in a coffin. You don't see the body at all. Yeah. And the and whereas over there, I think in a lot of places it's still traditional to have the body stay at home until the until the final uh, departure. Departure. Yeah. yeah. So it it it's a, a lot more intimate. The mo- the way the movie shows it, it seems so much more civilized. I definitely was won over by that part of it. The 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 showing the procedure is really amazing. So um, it probably ex- good to explain. So you have this one main room in one against the wall. There is all this offering like fruits and mm. alcohol, and there's a picture of deceased on top. As you know, Michael. Yeah. And on the floor, on the tatami floor, mm. you have a futon, and you have the deceased person on the bed, yeah. uh, on it, uh, and cover them with a blanket on top. And then, of course, you have a little white sheet covering their face. Yeah. Because in, in Japan, we co- uh, consider white as color of death. Yeah. So there's everybody there. And Nokan will show up, and usually with him is with another Nokan, the assistant. And when this, the procedure starts, you know, they politely, uh, you know, apologize and uh, sorry for the loss. And uh, the main no-con will prepare the dead. And this is a part that it, it's, to me, uh, it's really wonderful in a way because the way they do it, they're so gentle and in the most dignifying way of showing respect to this person. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's great, you know, when somebody dies, life ends but that doesn't mean the humanity ends you know mm-hmm. and it, what I really like is first he will get a white cloth put it in a clean water and start cleaning the person's body face neck arm legs and once they're done with the feet gently pull one of the feet over the other one like cross but they, they do it it's in a really dignified gentle ways mm. and even when they're cleaning the rest of the body, um, they'll put their hands underneath the blanket and the clothes without any sort of like a molestation or anything oh. like that in a very gentle, respectful way so yeah. everybody see. The second, this is the part that's really amazing. The place is cloth, but they put this another a really a really nice cloth over them. Yeah. But it's almost like a card trick. You put a cloth, this, uh, the cloth, they'll be uh, buried and, 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 and cremated the cloth over the cloth they're wearing so put the new clothes on top of it mm. and they're somehow able to get the old clothes out of the body too oh. and it and then uh, it, it's it's really like you know how uh, magicians that's card trick yeah yeah but these morticians have this they're almost like a magicians they're able to do this thing in front of everyone in a way dignifying and show and in a gentle way wow. it really moved everybody in the room you know and I think it, it gives comfort to everyone mm-hmm. but also give a very respectful way to say goodbye to this person mm. but I also think it destroyed one prejudice I think I, I, I don't see how you don't show respect for these no kind people once you see what they do for them yeah, yeah. like it's, it's with the women uh, clean their hair Put yeah. a proper makeup, right, right. put a scar. You know, it, it's just like. Well, there's also, uh, you know, the impl- implied in the movie is that these guys are are the best at at what they do, and then mm-hmm. there's some other guys who uh, are shown as a, a counterexample later who don't. They're not no kanji, but they j- they just show up uh, to 
grab the body and throw it in a box and like very they're very right? dis- disrespectful to the family and uh it seen it so it, it it's shown that some of that prejudice could have come from good cause you know if you've got if you see somebody come and take your loved one and treat them like a sack of potatoes you're not sure gonna be, uh, you're not going to be too well disposed to the whole profession in fact, there's a couple of scenes like it was really touching. Like even the husband, deceased's husband, said she's never looked that great. Like she looks so beautiful, you know. And um, um, yeah, I, I didn't know any of these things. And you know, I, I go. I mean, won't you say Japanese are not religious people, but they do believe in like uh, spirits and afterlife, yeah, right? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And this really seemed like a. Uh, wonderful way of saying goodbye to people but this nokan thing it's mm. really practiced in rural areas it's not really practiced in cities all that much that's that's what i read do you remember ever seeing something like that when you were growing up i've been to only two one was at the temple mm-hmm. yeah so i don't see that part like cleaning we mm-hmm. just show up mm-hmm. so they already then, did it before you showed up yeah 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 and it was like to me it was really funny because like the guy the what did he say? Monk was monk was like saying some stuff and then we kept on giggling and we got scolded. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. And another one was at church, it was pretty, but I never seen people cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I have to say the director, uh, Mr. Takeda, used to make porn and stuff like that. And from 80 to 81 through 85, when he started making a regular, real good movie. Yeah. And um, so the origin of this story was when he was visiting Gan- uh, India oh. for vacation and he saw this dead body floating on Ganji River and he also read a book called Coffin Man, the Journal of Buddhist Mortification, or Morti- Buddhist Mortician by a guy named Aoki Shinoma, Shinoman oh. and he read this book so this life-changing experience in India and reading this book he really want to make a um, movie about it. Mm. But in the book, it, it was heavily emphasis in religion, not so much in the movie. Mm. And what happened was in the book, husband and wife, they were having a problem and the wife got mad. So she threw a newspaper at the guy's face. In the spot that she threw the newspaper, there was an app for working at the funeral uh, place. So that's mm. how it happened. But, um, Director wanted the cello music, so he made the story different by making the protagonist a cello player in the orchestra. Oh. Yeah. You, you were trying to say something, Rick? Uh, I was, but I forgot what it was. And, you know, basically it broke, once again, that coffin, uh, the prejudice, right? Yeah. Because um, when, uh, what's his name? I keep forgetting, sorry. Uh, when, when, when Daigo, oh. the main character, went back to their hometown, he met one of his old friends, and, and what, there was a scene where he had to take care of someone who committed suicide. Mm. Yeah. So mm. once he was done, he smelled really bad in yeah. the bus, so everybody was kind of laughing at him because he smelled like death. Oh so, my god. So he went to uh, Ofuro, the public bath, and it's the place that he used to go as a kid, and proprietor of the business is his friend's mother, and he he, he um, cleaned up, yeah. and uh, I don't know why. What, why was I telling you that part? Um, 
Well, I, this is a problem I have with the filmmaking. Of the, it's like there were so many things that were completely telegraphed. Like, I, there was absolutely nothing that happened in the movie was not predictable, you know, once I knew the, the original setup. So it's, you know, as soon as he meets these old people in the onsen, you know they're going to be, they're, one of them's going to die, you know, and, the, and then he'll end up being doing the, uh, doing the no-con. That's right. So... so uh, so the public yeah. bath, the old proprietor, yeah. his, his his childhood friend's mother, you know, she, she dies, and when he prepared for her, her friend and his wife um, finally realized that um, what he's doing is not some crazy. It, it, it's a very meaningful job that really help people oh. deal with it because people die every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a wonderful film. And it has a really wonderful ending that I don't want to talk but um, yeah, overall, I, I thought the movie was terrific. This one, this won an Oscar in two thousand eight. Oh, it did. Yeah, mm. it was best, a, best foreign picture. Born, best foreign. In fact, huge upset because that year there was in this movie something best year. It was a movie about Israeli occupation of Palestine, and that was heavily favored to win it all. And I don't think the Japanese group didn't even think they had a chance, and they won. Wow. And uh, the one actress you were talking about, she's like an idol in Japan. Yeah. What's her name again? Hiyosue, right? Yeah. yeah. Classic Japanese beauty, and she's like a singer, actress. Yeah. yeah very talented girl. And uh, they were all went up, and the director basically said, I'm very, 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 very happy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and to think somebody who used to make a movie about public molestation movie yeah. and a couple of his movie have a word rape in him he yeah. make movies like that for him to go all the way to Hollywood to Oscars to win an uh, uh, you know yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, amazing and wow it's definitely uh, as good as most of the slick uh, big budget movies that are they get made so I, I I'm I'm not tearing down the movie I think there's lots of good parts to it but mm. uh, I just didn't like uh, you know I, I, I just don't like being manipulated I don't like the feel, feeling like uh, I'm being led by the nose from one point to another it, the, the you, so you, to, to you it was too sentimental it was too sentimental I, I, I totally agree I mean it, it reminds me of uh, you know uh, in America we have all these shitty movies about racism where the you know the what uh the white teacher goes to the inner city and yeah and and it's like who's again you know you don't have to be against racism to think that that's bad movie making yeah (laughs) somehow within our you don't have to be a racist to think that's bad movie making it's it's like uh I, I was totally on board with the message of of uh, departures. I think it's a, that that's definitely a, a wonderful thing to promote mm-hmm. um, the the idea that we we should these, these hang-ups about death and dying and yeah. and uh, funerals are are really show people as being socially retarded and but I, I didn't like how in the movie everyone who has misgivings or is uh prejudiced against him for doing it and everything they immediately get won over once they see it happening it's like real life isn't like that you know you don't they, some people are just assholes yeah <laughs> you know, some people will never see the the truth you know so you can't it, it's it, it was too it was, seemed kind of cheap you know
It, 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 there's another touching part where I think the person who you see was transsexual, mm-hmm. and, and it was very hard. People didn't want to talk about it, but because they dignified, one of the father broke down and said, I don't care if my son wore a skirt or makeup, whatever, that's my son. He broke yeah. down and like, um, it, it was like a, a bitter goodbye, you know. And, and one of, there's another scene where it was funny that they love the dad that passed away, but there's too many girls in the family. In fact, you see, you know, girls stay much third. You have all those dolls that you mm-hmm. put on it. All these girls, are, all these girls are like kissing the dad away, and he had a lipstick mark all over his face <laughs> and stuff, you know. Yeah, I, you I, won't you won't see that in an American movie. No, <laughs> it, it's just so odd that um, people die everywhere, but we all have a different way of saying goodbye. Mm. Like in in states, I always marvels like. When somebody died, everybody go to church and make a speech about them, you know, like. Yeah. And I, I kind of find it funny because if I thought a person with a dick, I don't think it's just. <laughs> they, they'll go out of the way to say something nice, even the guy was scumbag, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I um, it's, it, it, some of us might think it's sentimental, but I, I really enjoyed the movie, and it was a very good learning experience because I, I didn't know that, I didn't even know that word meant in coffin yeah. meant. I never heard that word before. And uh, it's, um, I highly recommend both of the movies, and I, I really enjoy watching both of them. I know yeah. nobody knows probably is a better movie, but that's just not a fun watch, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, you... So, don't, yeah, don't put it on a, at someone's birthday party. It's probably... No. Yeah. Um, so please watch the movies, and uh, either tweet to us, and... Uh, uh, What's your tweet again, Aiko? Aiko Tanaka, A-I-K-O-T-N-A-K-A. Okay, and uh, Toastubber, T-O-E-S-T-U-B-B-E-R for um, Rick's Twitter account, and mine is Yoshio Bayashi. But, um, so, last part, I'm gonna talk about the movie I saw last night. I finally I called Godzilla. Oh. Did you watch it, Aiko? No, I haven't. Do you have any interest watching it? Yeah, it's okay. Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> I like anything from Japan. <laughs> but it's um, it's it's made by the Americans, so you do see Japanese. Ken Watanabe is in it. Oh, cool. Mm. But um, um, what so what what was your first experience watching Godzilla movie? Or the what the honestly the pro- proper way is Gojira, Gojira. which no. is a Japanese word for gorilla and whale. Kojira. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. The whale. You didn't know that? No. It means water breathing. Gorilla, that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. The way we say gorilla is a uh, gorilla, gorilla in Japanese. Uh. And whale is uh, kujira. Kujira. Oh, so you can't make the two. That's, a, that's why it's called kujira. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. So it's like water breathing um, a gorilla. They look like a lizard. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's that's the word origin of that name um, mm. in Japanese. And um, it, that's why in a movie, couple times they even say uh, Gojira at least that's how Ken Watanabe and other characters oh, did oh he did yeah cool does he have a blowhole no but it could s- stay in underwater for a long time oh but he also, somehow he, he's able to breathe fire I don't know how that uh, yeah uh, that's that, a, what's the evolutionary advantage when you're in underwater <laughs> it's um it, it's a cautionary tale about nuclear this and that. <laughs> and the Japanese is sensitive about that. So, let, let me ask um, Rick. What, what was your early recollection of the show? Do you remember what was your like 
do, do you know what was going on watching it? I, I'm not uh, a, a huge uh, kaiju fan, but I when I was a you kid... You want to explain kaiju to people who don't know what that is? Yeah, you probably know better than me. It's, you know, mon- guys in monster suits, basically. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's a better, more inclusive term, because there's some that aren't just guys in rubber suits, right? There's, there's other kind of puppeteering and stuff sure. in some movies. But uh, back... In the 70s, when I was a little kid, I was, um, I would... You were 30 by then. Exactly. When I was a little kid of, th- of 38, I uh, I would watch uh, the the channels, uh, what was it, uh, the syndicated channels of, of TV would, they would show all the shows, they would basically have to fill time, and they would do it by taking all these movies that were public domain, and a lot of them were the old Toho monster movies. Sure. And uh, so I, I was never a huge fan of that stuff, but I did end up watching a lot of it uh, when I was a kid just because I was a bored kid. And uh, most of the people that I know who are total Godzilla freaks, are, are uh, that's how they got introduced to it, was watching it on like late night or afternoon TV shows. Sure. Yeah. Um, did you like them when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, it was all right. I. I I, I thought it was silly when I was a kid. Actually, I was really—I was more into real horror mm-hmm. stuff that really scared me, and I was never scared by Godzilla. So, sure. Yeah. What What's your earliest recollection when you were a kid, Aiko? About monster kaiju? Godzilla? Yeah. Oh, any of it? Yeah, Godzilla and other kaiju stuff. I remember I was really obsessed with like Nessie, or we have a. Which one? Nessie. You know, under the lake. Yeah. Nesuko, the Loch Ness and yeah. then we have Moshi in Japan, right? What? I yeah, don't that. I think so. Like we have we have that in Japan too in some lake and I was really obsessed with it and I wish it's true. Like any creature under <laughs> sea mm. and if they're giant, I'm like I was obsessed with it. Sure. Yeah. Like a giant octopus, they do exist, but uh, yeah. like I love when they attack people and kill them. <laughs> I find it cool. Was Godzilla your favorite one? No, I like uh, how you say ten, ten, tentacle. Tentacles. Mm, tentacle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or anything with like a long neck. It's mm. like more creepy. I I like Gamera, but also I always like um. Oh, Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yeah, 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 that that oh. that, that was the three. Uh, oh, yeah, three-headed like three yeah. dinosaur. Kind oh. of thing, yeah. Uh, that the space monster that arrived Earth. Yeah, yes. I remember that and um. Like if you watch Ultra Roman, mm. or as we call it in, in the U.S. Uh, West, Ultraman, mm. I always love that stuff because the uh, Ultraman is always finding these space monsters yeah. arriving Earth, you know. And I, I am, um, I love those. And Kamen Rider or uh, Mask Rider, yeah, those are like guys uh, riding a motorcycle and fighting bad guys mm. and stuff. But you know, it was just a staple part of entertainment. And I grew up in era. It was like. That was like the beginning of it all, you mm. know, and I just thought that was a really common, but that's one thing I remember moving here really hurt me because I <laughs> stopped having access to them growing up, you know. Mm. Uh. But Godzilla, I, 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 I finally saw the original when I was in the 20s and like I didn't realize how politically charged it was. Like mm. there's a lot of theme and, you know, anti-nuclear this and that and yeah. environmental damage. My favorite yeah. Godzilla movie is, uh, uh, <laughs> Godzilla versus Hedera. Mm-hmm. Uh, By that one, that uh, it's 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 a totally psychedelic, crazy psychedelic movie. Uh, it's got 
great music and visuals. Um, I don't think it was a big hit at the time, but it's uh, but Hedera is this uh, big dripping oh, sludge like, monster. Yeah, he's a, yeah, a, a pollution dirty. monster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it's an anti-pollution uh, tale. But it's very entertaining, and, and uh, the visuals are just awesome. It's a really great movie. Because the pollution is called Hedoro in Japanese. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. And it's always dirty. That. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the U.S., it was called Godzilla versus the smog, the smog monster. I see. Yeah. Mm. It's very manipulative because the way I remember it, maybe I'm wrong, but there's one called Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh. And it's manipulative because depends on which market you win, they have a different ending. <laughs> so in Japanese market, Godzilla win, but U.S. market, King Kong supposedly win it. Like, wow. fucking cheated. I, I thought it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> which is funny because I guess Godzilla is part gorilla, so there's, well, yeah. sort of, there's a lot of simian yeah, action. Relatives, yeah. Yeah. So I saw the movie. Um, I um, It's... I did, I did hear kind of complain by Japanese because the Japanese are complaining like why is Godzilla so fat? Like why does Americans have to make Godzilla so fat? Mm. And if you compare the picture of what Godzilla look like the ones made in Japan versus in the States, yeah, it's, it looks different. There's nothing cute yeah. about this Godzilla. Oh. And I have to say I do like old, old Godzilla stuff because I, it's because of that campiness. You know there's a Japanese guy inside of that thing <laughs> that made it charming, you know? Yeah. And sometimes making something more fancy is not really necessary, you mm. know? Because yeah. so, being cute is everything in Japan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, was that, uh, I know the, you know, the, the, the mid, the old uh, Godzilla movies, later on, they beca it became more of a children's thing. And, uh, he became he, a good guy. He became a good guy. He even had a G Godzilla Junior, whatever the yeah. little little weird uh, creature. By the way, actually, I, I don't even know it's a proper to call Godzilla he or she, uh -huh. because Godzilla is part of Genesis. It's able to create new life without assisting oh. from another partner. Although I'm sure there is animated porn where Godzilla has a huge cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Rick have ten volumes of it. <laughs> um, I saw the movie. I highly recommend it. It's fun. Uh, Brian Cranston's in it from the Breaking Bad. It was fun watching him. And uh, it started in Japan and ends in um, West Coast. Um, I just didn't like the monsters that Godzilla ended up fighting. It's just like, ah, I was not a fan of that way that monster looked. But but overall, it, it, it was, it's fun. And uh, one of the Olsen sisters in it. Mm. Very attractive, fun mm. to watch. Mm. But um, yeah, it's one of those big summer blockbuster film. Um, Julia Binoche, she's in the movie too. She was wow. very, yeah. So it's a very good casting, I thought. Mm. Um, but yeah, of course it started in Japan, yeah. and ends in the West Coast. So, but I got the feeling that you probably won't watch it, Rick. Uh, I might see it, but not at the theater. It's not a high priority for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Are you going to watch it, Michael? Yeah. You like movies like that, right? I do. The big summer yeah. popcorn blockbuster films. Yeah, so I um, uh, highly recommend to watch it. And, uh, you know, the CGI graphic is great. And uh, yeah, it's it's all around fun movie. I'm curious what you think, Rick. I think you should watch the movie in Japan. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I, I guess at this point uh, we could talk about the movie. You, you have uh, Aiko. Is anything come up? Um, 
you know, is there anything that you want to talk about? No, I'm good. You're good? <laughs> and, and Rick, any sort of a request from people in Japan listening to this for... I'll see you all in Yoyogi. I'll be hanging out. And uh, <laughs> look me up on Twitter, at Toastover. And, and, and where is that? It's That's a district in Tokyo, right? Yeah, it's on the east side of Tokyo. Uh, I'll be staying at the Yoyogi Olympic Village, which uh, I guess was built in, for the 64 Olympics. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, it's right next to uh, Yoyogi Park. Um, and uh, I guess I can come and go as I please, so uh, I'll, I'll be hanging out 24 hours a day. And I'll, I'm hoping that maybe you could record a couple of them, me and I will listen to it. And yeah. uh, uh, we'll definitely do um, some commentary and we, we'll release it while you're there. You can do a riff tracks on my on my uh, podcast. What's that? Uh, it, it's like, yeah, it's like uh, Mystery Science Theater. Oh. No, I mean, I just want a quick intro. We'll listen to it. We'll talk about what we thought was going on. But uh, that, that'll be fun, fun for us, too. And, you know, you're, you're there like almost like. Yoshi did as ambassador to Japan. Yeah. So. Uh oh. <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to get thrown in jail, Yoshi? Again? Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. I'm um, sorry. I'm, I'm kind of spacing out. Thanks for listening. And it's always good to have Aiko and Rick back. It's really fun. And uh, um, I'm hoping that we could do one more before Rick leaves. And uh, and uh, hopefully Rick could send us, you know. Okashi. <laughs> oh, you want like a food from Japan? Yeah, snack. Snack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah tell him like what magazine you want or, uh-huh. yeah, uh, he'll, he'll bring it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's less than two weeks. It's very fun. Uh, I'm curious what's his reaction. I hope he make a lot of contacts in Japan because ultimately he want to live there. God, mm. God knows why, but... Um, <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody, Nobody knows. knows. <laughs> and happy departure, Rick. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Uh, please uh, upload my um, app for iTunes for the iPhone and donate when you can. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Rick and Iko, thank you very much. Bye. Bye.